Welcome to the Let's Talk BS podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Sophia, and we're coming to you live from the... 757. Good morning, Brian. Hey, good morning, Sophia. How are you doing today? Doing well. It's Friday. Love it. I know. Yeah. It's ex- it's, a, it's always an exciting day, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cold out there this morning, though. I know that. It five. was. I had frost on my... um. On my truck, like yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I went to the went to the gym this morning. It mm-hmm. was it was freezing. Um, I, I had frost on my truck as well. Um, you know, it was it was cold. It was really really cold. Yeah, it um, was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carter was like he came outside and he said, "It's cold." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's one of those days, and next week it's going to be in the 70s, watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, 70s, I don't know if we got more of those left. We got, maybe I know not. today's supposed to it be. It was an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe like high 60s or, you know, yeah. mid-60s. I know today's supposed to get up um, to like, I think close to about 60. I know the fellas was talking about trying to play golf. I don't know if I'm able to do that today, but, um, you know, I know today and tomorrow is supposed to be pretty nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um... I have some stuff to do tomorrow, so I'm actually pretty excited that it's not gonna be uh, it's not gonna be too too cold out because I really don't like going outside when it's cold. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a. I remember I'm going to uh, you know our buddy Cavell. They have their Christmas party tomorrow, so mm-hmm. I'm going to that. I remember last year when he had his Christmas party. It was that night. It was freezing. Like it was like I think it was one of the coldest nights of the year last year. It was like in the third, like 20s or 30s last year. So. Like you said, I'm glad that tomorrow the weather isn't going to be well. Nighttime is going to be cold, but it's not going to be as cold. Uh, yeah. At least I'm not anyway. So, yeah. yeah. I had a, I have an event that I had already committed to prior to getting the invitation from Brittany, which is Camille's yeah. assistant, and um, yeah. So, and it's not close by. I wish I could do both. Um, yeah. But this is all the way in Newport, uh, Yorktown. It's in oh, Yorktown. Yeah, Yorktown, far. Yeah, it's far. Yeah, yeah. So there's no way that I'm going to be able to do both. Yeah. And they're, like, pretty much at the exact same time. Like, I don't, I think they overlap almost to the hour. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped by um, their office yesterday. We actually had a meeting for uh, Regis Title. And, um, oh, okay. Yeah, they uh, they were getting everything prepared and ready for, you know, for the event. So they got it set up nice. They got oh, it set up okay. real nice. So I'm excited to see how... How, put, how they put everything together. You know yeah. I mean? They were like kind of scrambling, getting everything going. Brittany, you know, Brittany, <laughs> Ashley, and everyone. And normally kind of helps put things together, mm-hmm. Angie. Um, so I'm excited. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You know, okay. Get to, get to dress up a little bit, you know. See yeah. how that is. So. That'll be fun. Yeah. I know it's going to be fun. He, he, he always throw good parties, yeah. so. Yeah, it should be a good time. Yeah. Especially with it being at his space this year. Normally it's at different places, so. Yeah. I know he's going to try to put on. A lot of people hadn't been able to come by and see his new spot yet, so. Um, you know, this would be a good opportunity. I know he's kind of trying to make it like a, a two-in-one as far as, like, folks coming by, checking yeah. it out, and actually having a, you know, Christmas party with it as well. So, okay. Spokeville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Lock. things. Hopefully he can start renting that space. I mean, if it's big enough to have an event like that, then hopefully he can start renting out that space to other people yeah, to make he, money from it. Yeah, I mean, he got I on, would. Yeah, he told me he got a lady who, <laughs> it's crazy, he showed me her Instagram. He got a lady who's, like, doing... Like, I think she does everything. I mean, she's doing Botox. She's doing massages. <laughs> she's doing, like, uh, freaking, um, like, I don't, don't want to say surgeries, but she's doing, like, a whole bunch of stuff, I guess, like, it's catered to, you know, women, y'all, 
you know, like I so uh, tattoo eyebrows. I mean, she's doing like a little bit of every single thing. Um, I even think she's doing a little bit of hair of some sort as well. But okay. um, she's renting space from him. Um, and she's already started renting space, and he said he just got his zoned. It was zoned for office use, uh-huh. um, but now he got his zoned for business use, and that that change allowed him to be able to utilize it, you know, for, you know, renting space and, you know, for event space and just different things. So, okay, yeah, so he's definitely excited about that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, I can say that I I dabble in the eyebrows because I do mine, but I don't know, like, about getting them tattooed on. Like, I don't think I'm that brave to do so, anything like that because I actually want a nose piercing. And I'm just, I'm scared that it's going to leave some type of scar. So, question. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Mm-hmm. So, nose piercing. I remember mm-hmm. I had a conversation amongst the fellas about this many years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, is that like, how do you view like men with having a nose piercing? Is that like okay, or does it look sketch in your in in your view, or is it like more of a female type of thing, or what? I, I mean. I... I don't know. I wouldn't prefer my guy to have his nose pierced, but it w- if it's a part of his style, because you know how some people just have, like, their own unique yeah. style, yeah. like, and yeah. having a nose piercing may just fit them. Correct. You know, so I can understand that. But outside of that, mm, I don't think it's, like, an ear piercing. Like, yeah. anybody can have an ear piercing. You don't have to have style yeah. to necessarily have an ear piercing. But I think with the nose, you definitely need to have some t- sort. It needs to match your personality. It needs to match your style. It needs to match you as a person. Gotcha. Yeah, my buddy uh, Eric, um, he does music. You know, he's mm-hmm. up in New York, a really talented guy. And he has kind of like an off-the-wall style. And um, that was the center of the conversation because he had got his nose pierced probably like maybe eight years ago. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was the whole conversation was. We were kind of. A couple of fellas was joking them. I mean, I like for me, I kind of agree with what you just said. Like, I personally wouldn't do it because that's not my style. But right. You know, there are people who I think it does fit their look and their personality, and right. he's one of them. So it kind of made sense for me. But some of the other guys would give him a hard time. So it was just yeah. something that I wanted to get a woman's perspective on how you feel about that. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, yeah. like, even as far as like women stuff, right? Yeah. There's the, some women. Who could wear like the big hoops and the big huge earrings? Yeah. And it fit their style. Yeah. But then there's some women who wear it and it looks completely tacky. Mm. It doesn't even I look even think good. about it like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, to each its own, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> My second question was so I remember you talking about your eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Like the way you do your eyebrows. Would you be able to do that on other people, or is that something that you could just only do for yourself? You know, how sometimes people say like, "Hey, no, I, I could do them for other people." You could do that for other people. Have you done that for other people before? Yes, you have. Okay, mm-hmm. so there was a short period of time where I used to do makeup for people. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, just not sure. for not for pay per se. Yeah, but like, let's say they wanted to go somewhere and they just wasn't into makeup, mm-hmm. then I could, as long as they had their own makeup, their own. Stuff, yeah. you know, because everybody's a different shade, everybody is different, then I could um, apply makeup and okay. make it look nice. Okay. Yeah. And that included doing eyebrows. It took, I, I used to practice, actually, it's funny, I used to practice on uh, Maya when she was a kid. Oh, for real? That's funny. <laughs> I did. I used to practice on her. And then that's when I started 
like actually yeah other people yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think my daughter's gonna be like that man she's literally like she loves like dolls and makeup and hair like even last night when I was putting her to bed um well actually I had already put her to bed and she like screamed my name 30 minutes later was like daddy 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 so I'm thinking something happened mm-hmm. you know she'd be thinking bugs in her room she'd just be like tripping on some stupid <laughs> stuff sometimes so I, I go I run in the room like what's going on and she's like can you fix this hair tie on my doll? Her hair is messed up, and she can't go to sleep like this. I was oh. like, what? So, yeah, so I had to get this doll that had, like, this loud hair. It was like, a, I think it was a troll doll, if I'm not mistaken, but it had, like, you know, pink <laughs> and green hair, and I got the little scrunchie and, and tied it up, and she was like, thank you, Daddy, and she laid in the bed and went to sleep. So I was like, yeah, it's crazy. But she does that, like, literally, when she comes home, I mean, you know, she does that all the time with her different dolls and, you know, likes to, you know, put makeup on them and, you know, do stuff and, Ever since we, she went to a birthday party um, earlier this year where it was a makeup party, you know, for kids, um, you know, where she got her, her toes, her toenails done and her fingers done and got a little makeup on her as well. Like, she's been hooked since then. Like, Oh, wow. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So Maya, she actually has started um, wearing, like, mascara and like liner. Right like the yeah. school? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But she's in high school. Yeah. So it's how, a little bit different. How old were you when did you start wearing that stuff in high school too? Heck I'm trying no. to remember the girls mm-hmm. in high school wear like I don't really remember that. No, nah, we nah. our gener I I don't believe our generation was into that. But see what I'm hearing because though, I wasn't. See, I, <laughs> I was a boy. Like so, but what I'm hearing though, I'm hearing that again. My kids are much younger, right? So I know you have like you said, you have a child that's in high school. A lot of my peers that I hear from, I don't think you even mentioned this too. Like it seems like the kids now though are worrying less and less about their appearance, like as far as like, I guess their clothing and all of that. So I guess it's just kind of, I mean, is that what you're, because I know maybe you told me like you're wearing hoodies and stuff and, you know, just kind of not really yeah. like putting like, you know, I mean, you know, not dress up, but just, you know, wear like, you know, some jeans and a and a, and a nice shirt or something like that to school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So nowadays, from at least from what I see with my daughter, she wants all the fly shoes, which that was a thing when I was oh, yeah, growing 100%. up. And... Now, the girl, so there was a period where girls would dress real hoochie. So, like, mm-hmm. yep. you know, they would be as revealing as they could be. Yeah. And so now I feel like the girls are starting to get into that baggy look, kind of like how it used to be when, you know, Aaliyah was around and left yeah. eye and stuff. So they're getting back into get back that, that okay. style. And that's that's how I dressed when I was younger, gotcha. you know, for the most part, until I got to like 10th. Maybe eleventh grade. That's when I started to kind of see my girly side, and then I, I had embrace, never started embracing it a little mm-hmm. bit more the girly side. Okay, I had to get my eyebrows arched until I was, I think I was, I was a senior, and it was for something like, I think it was for graduation or maybe even my open house. Like I had never had my eyebrows arched, mm-hmm. never done any of that. I didn't care about that stuff, yeah, at all. Now, I went to every dance. I dressed up at every dance. I remember there was, like, a couple times where I wore a lip liner because that was, like, the thing back in the day. Yeah, lip liner, yeah. And with some lip gloss. Lip gloss, yeah. I remember that, yeah. The lip gloss was popping. Yeah, yeah. I had done that a couple times. But to put on makeup, I didn't start doing that until I was, like, I would say I was 23, 24 Okay. When I started wearing makeup, like for real, like foundation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was older. Oh, older than most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause like 
like you said, with your daughter, she she likes to play in makeup. Yeah. I ain't like playing in makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like playing in dirt. Yeah, but she like that, too. That's the crazy part. Like, she literally loves dirt, but she also likes makeup. It's like two different ends of the spectrum. Like, yeah. she literally, when we go outside in the backyard, like, when, you know, typically when we're going back in the backyard, the dynamic is I'm throwing, playing football with Nye or my son, and then she's, like, over there, like, just digging dirt and, like, pulling berries out the trees and doing stuff. Like, she has, like, this little garden, you know, that we got where we, you know, planted some seeds, different seeds for her. So Yeah, that's different, though. Yeah. That's She likes, she, it sounds like she likes pottery. Like, she likes planting. She likes yeah, that type yeah, of planting yeah. the dirt. I ain't talking about that type of planting Are you dirt. talking about that type of dirt? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> same dirt. Yeah. I don't think the dirt changed, okay. but it was more so, like, us like making mud pies and like oh, yeah, throwing yeah, yeah. dirt at each other. Like, oh, yeah, no, 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 she's not on that. <laughs> yeah, well, at least not yet. Hopefully, not. So, yeah, I would be the person that was out there, you know, throwing the football and yeah. playing basketball and doing those sorts of things. I wasn't a girly girl at all, yeah, not at all. That's the thing, I don't really remember growing up though, honestly. I'm trying to think, like, I don't most of the, I guess just the people I was around because I was playing sports, you know, playing football and basketball, like, all the girls, like. And there were girls that kind of just sat to the side and were girly girls. That is true. I, I, now, now that I sit here and think about it, but I was thinking at first, like, the girls that was around, they were also participating doing, like you just said, like what you said you were doing. Like, they were playing at least, I mean, they weren't going to the level that we were going to, but they were like, you know, throwing the ball around with us, you know, just kind of hanging out or whatever, shooting the basketball. We were See, playing. when I grew up, I didn't know too many girls who could throw a football. Mm. Yeah. D- do you? I mean, did you? I mean, not, not again, not, like not I said. Not toss I, the football. I'm talking yeah. about kick back, throw it. Yeah. Well, again, that's and, what I said. And have as, a spin on it. Like, yeah. it wasn't too many girls that could do that when I was a kid. Yeah. Again, like I said, I'm more so just talking <laughs> about the, the level. That's why I mentioned the level. Like, they weren't able to do what we were doing because we were actually playing it, you know, for real, for real. But they yeah. were able to, you know, throw the ball and it would be a duck or whatever, you know what I mean? But they were at least, they wanted to be involved with what we were doing because we were all, everybody kind of did everything together. Like, everybody yeah. who grew up together, boy or girl. Everybody was always with each other. We went yeah. to the pool together. We played basketball together. We played football together. So, you know, obviously the girls weren't as good as us, as guys, in, in, in some of the sports <laughs> anyway. Some girls that was pretty nice and like hooping or whatever. But, yeah. you know, like in football, I mean, obviously they weren't they weren't like that. But no. I mean, they did try to play and participate or whatever. And we would take it easy on them. Like we would play tackle and they would just, they, the girls would be too hand tag or something. You know what okay. I mean? So, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I like I said, I, I got into being like a girly girl when I was a little bit older. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, how um how's this week been going for you? I, I was talking to Brooke this morning. We were like, yo, this month, it seems like it's been going by fast. Like it's literally, you know, the 15th of the month already halfway through the month. So the year is almost over. Christmas is here in, what, 10 days. Mm-hmm. We got like a little calendar where every morning the kids – move it a day, you know, to show what day it is. And I'm just like, man, it seemed like the month has been flying by. I just remember my birthday, you know, <laughs> being like, it seemed like it was a couple of days ago. It's almost two weeks ago now. So yeah. It yeah. seemed like this month's been flying. How was your week this week? How does everything um, going? It was good. I actually got a chance to catch up with, like, people that I don't normally get to catch up with all mm-hmm. week. So that was nice, you know, doing that. Yeah. And then um trying to think what else I did. I... Oh, I did a little bit more shopping that I needed to get done. Got all your Christmas shopping done? Pretty much. Pretty I think much. I okay. got everything. I'm just waiting on, you know, the little stuff to trickle in. Yeah. And it's 
it's hard because, you know, the kids see the packages and they're like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had that as well at our house. You know, yeah. kids and stuff piled up in the front uh-huh. when they come home from school and like, hold on, what's going on? What's yep. this, whatever? Who's that for? You mm-hmm. know, like my son, I got him this basket, the dribble up basketball. Uh-huh. And so um, he could see it. It says dribble up on it. Yeah, know, on, on, the- the, on, the, on the actual <laughs> package outside. So he was like, hold on, what's like, what? Dad, this this is the thing I was like, oh, what you talking about, man? I kind of pushed it to the side, like kind of distracted him or whatever. But yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. funny. And then yeah. we do um, we do Elf on a shelf. Yeah. So every mm-hmm. morning, I get up, or at night when they sleep, I go and I put the Elf in different areas. So like. Mm-hmm. My son, when he gets up, before he can even say good morning, he's like, can I go find the elf? Oh, yeah. Can I go get the elf? And I'm yeah. like, sure, if you want to. So this this time I put the elf in the, um, the like, the Frigidaire. You know what I'm talking about, right? The like, Frigidaire. Not the refrigerator, but it's, like, a, it's for your wine. And it's, like, glass. Oh, yeah, to like a wine cellar? Like yeah, a wine, wine, cool, wine, wine yeah, whatever wine, yeah, you want to yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so I put, <laughs> I put the elf in there because I don't have any wine in there. And um, he was like, he's going to be cold. (laughs) I I mean, he was just at the North Pole, you know. So I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So he really enjoys that. He really does. That's what's up. Yeah. Is is it just him that's kind of in it, or is it like? Him and Jada. Both of them, they're kind of. And then Maya, she helps me hide everything. She helps me hide it as well. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. She knows that there's no. Christmas. There's what? There's no what? What you say? I mean, no Santa. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. There's no. Christmas. There's uh, no Santa. Okay. She knows. I didn't know that. No Santa for real. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm Santa. You Santa. Yeah. You right. You right. <laughs> There's plenty of Santas <laughs> across the nation. You right. You right about that. I remember. I think we talked about this before, but I remember the first time I found out there wasn't a Santa. Like that joint kind of was like, kind of. I ain't gonna say it broke my heart, but I was kind of like, dang. You know what I mean? Because I really thought that they were Santa Claus. For, for, <laughs> like, no. I remember that one year, my dad was out to sea, and we lived in an apartment. And we lived in one of those apartments where you know how when you first open the front door, it's just steps, right? So it was steps, because we were on the second floor, and there was a person that lived under us on the first floor. And I remember that year, I got a bicycle. And um, I was like, yo, like, I remember, like, going, I remember, just like it was yesterday, I remember going to sleep. Late that night, it was like 11, 12 o'clock, waking up at like 3, and was like, Mom, is Santa here? Yeah, is Santa here? Yeah. She's like, I don't know. Go check. I look at this big old bike, and I'm like, there's no way that, and I was probably like 8 at the time, I think it was. I was like, because I, I remember there was people saying that there wasn't Santa Claus like in my class. I'm like, there's no way that there's not a Santa Claus. Like, my mom was pregnant with my sister. Um, I'm like, there's no way that she could have did this. My dad's out to see, like, yo. I, I later found out that the neighbor helped her. They had like put it on like on our like balcony, like in the cut. So like she just had to roll it out and put it by the tree. So but I was like, that's Dang. so funny. Yeah, yeah. But so that's Jada, the time she, I found out she, right after like right after that. I remember I had my mom just kind of had a conversation with me. We talked about it. I was like, dang. So. Yeah. So Jada, she tried to to say that Santa wasn't real, and I was like, don't ruin it for Carter. So mm. ever since then, she's so been, she know she know then. She kind of teetering. We, we, yeah, she okay. teetering the fence. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. some days she's like, it ain't real, and then some days she's like, oh, let me think. She oh, so um, Maya, she plays this game where she basically asks them like, how hard do you want Jeffrey to be found? Like, you want it to be easy when you find him? Who's or Je- oh, Jeffrey's the Jeffrey's elf. Jeffrey's the elf. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, backing up. Jeffrey's the elf. Mm-hmm. She was like, how? 
how easy would you like him to hide or how hard would you like him to hide? So they told her the night before, we want it to be hard. We want to, like, really try to find him. Okay. So the next day, it was almost impossible for them to find find the elf. So Jada was like, yesterday, before we went to sleep, you asked me, um, did I want it to be a hard find? And it was. So that means that you're the person that's hiding uh, Jeffrey. I know. You can't fool me. And I was like. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, they, um, yeah, man, that's crazy. I, I know my son, he asks a lot of questions, but so I know. You know, it's only but so much I could tell him. I mean, eventually he's going to just catch on. And I'm yeah, you just have to make sure that he doesn't ruin it for uh, Sloan. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I may just have to. I mean, they're close enough in age where she may just end up learning a little early. I don't know. Or maybe he just a little late. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Because I know it's not going to be able to. It's going to be hard to for one of them to know and one of them not to know. Like, I mean, it's, they're going to have to kind of just learn it together is, is how I'm thinking. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. But I will say... um, Kind of jumping into like the, you know mortgage and real estate. This has been a pretty busy, um, informative week, I would say. Yeah, right? um, yeah, as far for as sure. A lot of the, the updates and changes, you know, around. I think we mentioned it before around this time of the year. That's normally when a lot of things are being implemented um, going into the next year. Um, a lot of people were just trying to figure out what direction the market's going to go in. Um, you know, heading into twenty twenty four, it's been considered a down year in real estate and mortgage. Uh, 2023. So a lot of people are just looking for that refresh, you know, start, I guess yep. you could say. Um, and so we did get some good news. Um, you know, I would say Tuesday and Wednesday, I know Tuesday, the CPI report came out um, and it was, it was favorable. It was showing that inflation still on, on a month to month had been going down. So that, yep. that's good. Um, and then I know on Wednesday um, they had the Fed meeting and, uh, and Fed chair Jerome Powell, he, uh, he came out and had a comp- press conference as he does every month to kind of, you know, address where we are um, economically. Yeah. And, um, you know, he they the Fed, first of all, they decided to keep the Fed rate the same. This would be the third month in a row that they've done that. After they had, I think they did it like eight or nine times in a row where they had. I think it was 11 hikes. 11, 11, okay. Yeah, yeah 11 hikes <laughs> where they, uh, 11 rate hikes. So 11 yeah. months in a row they had raised the uh, Fed rate. Mm-hmm. And so for the last three months, they've kept it the same. So that's yes. good. That shows that. You know, the rate hikes aren't needed anymore. The numbers for inflation have been, you know, been promising on a month-to-month basis. And so they've always been talking about this soft landing. So this is kind of where we are now where we're kind of, you know, as an airplane, you, you go up, you travel to your destination, and then as you, you know, brace for that landing, you know, you always want to know. Like, I know for me, I don't know how it is for you, but when I travel, it's always kind of like, ah, like is this going to be a one of the ones where it's bumpy or is it going to be one of the ones where it's just, you know, a nice smooth landing? You yeah. Know? So. You know, that's what they're preparing for is a soft landing. And um, we even got more news as far as what the outlook is for 2024 um, is that they're looking at doing um, um, rate three. cuts. Yeah, yeah three rate of cuts. them. So that's going to be great. You know what I mean? And uh, that's going to – it's already – we've already seen rates respond positively to mm-hmm. just the um, Fed rate staying the same over the last couple of months, yeah. um, especially over the last week or two. Or month, I would say month or two. Um, we've seen rates drop. I mean, I would say over a point and a half. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm seeing rates now, depending on how strong your credit is, you know, in the mid to low sixes. You know, when we were yeah. just, you know, two months ago in the eights. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited in the direction that we're going and you know going to the top of the year. 
Um, I'm already seeing a lot of more, a lot more activity. Typically around this year, we get, you know, people who have a goal of, you know, home ownership, you know, they'll kind of start to, you know, see exactly where they are and see what they need to do so they can, uh, you know, hopefully achieve home ownership, you know, top of the year, beginning of the next year. So I'm already seeing that combined with where rates are going. I mean, I think 2024 is going to be a pretty good year. What do you think? I think so, too. I think that um, with all the good news that's coming, especially from the CPI report and then also with Jerome Powell's address to it uh, and them stating that we are going to have three rate decreases potentially for 2024, I think that that's great news. And then on top of that, VHGA came out and told us that they're going to increase their their, – their limits. Yeah. So yeah. that just means that we can get more people qualify for some of these first-time homebuyer grant programs. And they even rolled out an additional um, product. It's called a non-bond product where yeah. you don't even have to be a first-time homebuyer. And you could still get 100% financing. So I think that with all that information and with everything that's rolling out and it coming right before Christmas, I mean, I feel like as a as a mortgage banker <laughs> – Merry Christmas, Christmas is here. Christmas is here, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm excited, man. I think uh, you know, we had it was pretty rough. I mean, I know some folks that even got out of the industry, you know. A lot of people got out yeah, of the industry, yeah. honestly. Yeah. There know. was a lot of real estate agents, a lot of mortgage um bankers that got out of the industry because it's tough. Yeah. And if you're not a saver, I mean, we talk about people saving, we talk about, you know, what you should do to get ready for home purchase, but in addition to that, you have to be ready for living, right? Yeah. And so you have to have, you know, savings in your account. So just in case something goes wrong, whether it's like us, you know, things slow down and we're not getting the income that we used to get, or if you lose your job or if anything happens, you get sick or, you know, you have a long-term sickness, you have to prepare for things that are potentially coming. Absolutely. You know, you never yeah. know. Yeah, and it's always big. I mean, I know... You know, something I harp on as well is just having, you know, multiple streams of income. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something, especially when you're in a uh, commission-based environment like we are, right? You know, we only, what they say, we only eat what we hunt or what we get. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So um, when when it's slow, you know, being able to rely on some other sources of income to kind of get you through those slow seasons. Yeah. And, you know, so you're able to still work and grind out during those times. So when things are um, a little bit better, right, or just, you know, normal, I guess you can say, um, you know, you're still around to be able to, you know, take advantage of that and help others, you know, when it comes to helping, you know, if you're a real estate agent or if you're a mortgage professional like us. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm excited. Like Sophia mentioned, um, VHDA, uh, we were on a training call, actually, um, earlier yeah, this Tuesday. week. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of going through some of the different things. And as you mentioned, like, you know, they have VHDA, I know, they at least uh, beforehand, you know, they considered your uh, first time home buyer being someone who hadn't purchased a home or owned a home that they lived in in the last three years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, you know, very favorable because you could have technically owned a home just four years ago, maybe, you know, went through a situation, whatever it may be. But now you're still considered a first time home buyer and you can take advantage of their program. Absolutely. Now they're opening up for this non bond product. They're opening it up where even if you currently own a home. They there's no first time home buyer requirement, right? Yep. So you could actually buy another home and still be able to you know get 100 percent financing. And plus you know what? In grant. addition to the non uh, non bond program not having a income limit, there is no sales price limit too. Correct. So a lot of these yeah. first time home buyer um, programs 
they have a cap on how yeah, it much. Was like three ninety, three ninety five, I think it was. Completely uh, up to this year. Or yeah, this past year. it was. Yeah, it was, it was right around four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Correct. It was a lot lower than your FHA loan yeah. max and, and your conforming, loan. yeah, yeah. Yep. and your VA. Yeah. So um, now that with now with this new non bond program, you're, we're going to be basically following the guidelines of the actual program. So yeah. that's that's huge news, yeah. you know. Yeah. So because you can, like you said, I mean, you can buy you know four five hundred thousand dollar home, and as long as you know, you meet the the conforming loan limit guidelines or FHA guideline, whatever, or VA, yep. or VA, whatever loan, whatever you know loan, loan program that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're able to, you know, get the you know down payment assistance or get the grant that's uh, associated with that particular loan. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, there's been I, I remember just you know, especially in this area, there were several people that I remember over the years that were wanting to take advantage of Virginia housing and the benefits that they come up with, especially when Spark was available. Um, but they couldn't because the limit on the um, sales price, right? Because there's mm-hmm. like new construction. There's a new construction home that they wanted to get. And you know how new construction is. You know, once you add up, you know, some of the different things that the builder charges as an upgrade, I mean, you're, you know, your price could be up there a little bit. And so yeah. um, they were like in the low 400000 price point. Um, and they do quality. They, you know, had everything else. Debt to income was fine. You know, in, yep. everything income was under the limit and all that good stuff at but that particular time. But the sales price. But the sales price was was just too high. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited now that that's not something that's a limitation anymore. So, um, there's going to be a lot like like you mentioned when you first you know introduced it. There's a lot of a lot more people who can be able to take advantage of the program now. Yep. You know, it's just really really exciting. And the effective date is today. Yeah, so you today. know, in addition to that. Obviously, VHDA rates responded well. So, yeah. you know, some of the buyers that may not have qualified two months ago, yeah. reach out. You may qualify now. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, we're going to be doing our due diligence to reach out to yeah. our clients as well. But if you are a first-time home buyer and you're looking to purchase, you can definitely reach out. Absolutely. You can follow us on social media. Our All of our contact information is there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, I know um, it's crazy. I had a couple people already um, reach out to me. I had, we had posted a you know a video of our last podcast, and um, we had talked about some of the changes that were coming. We were mm-hmm. just getting, we didn't have all the information that like we do now, and you know I had a couple of people who already own a home that were you know inquiring about trying to take advantage of the program. I have a person that they were under contract to buy a house a week and a half ago, and I had them set up with another program that had a um, higher interest rate on it. But now what we're doing is because you know at the time they. They um they made too much money for the for Virginia housing for the program yeah and so now we're waiting until today to reapp them they're closing at the end of the year and uh, they're gonna now be able to take advantage of you know the Virginia housing program which was better than the other program and then now also since that happened since we um you know now since the since we initially had them under contract and had them under application to now interest rates like you said got better so mm-hmm. now they're going to get even, even better interest rates so it's an all-around win for them so yeah. yeah there's a lot of opportunities out there for folks to be able to take advantage of virginia housing and some of the different changes that have uh, come out yeah. starting today yeah. yeah yeah i've had uh Actually, have a we have a coworker that reached, that uh, basically told us like she she closed on a loan maybe about a month ago. Rate was a seven point two five, and with all the good news that has came out yeah, since then, yeah, they're like, hey, can I? What can I do? I need a lower interest rate. Yeah. But unfortunately, if you closed in the last couple months and you had if you close and you had a higher interest rate, 
then you're going to have to wait either, I think it's either six months or for some loan programs, it's six payments. Correct. Or six payments after your note yeah, date. Schedule, yeah, six scheduled payments. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So I, I think I mean that's something. That's that, something that we'll be doing too. Yeah. Yeah. Come up. Yeah. Come in, you know this summer or you know what spring springtime. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of folks that are going to want to refinance mm-hmm. um, that bought over the last shoot year and a half, two years. Yeah. If we know. can get the rates in the fives. Yeah. And high fours. Oh yeah. There's oh, going to yeah. be so many different people. I mean, I'm going to refi if I get a rate at four point. <laughs> Five percent. You know, that's going to help me tremendously because when I closed on my um, duplex, it was I got a five point seven five. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I bought it to that, too. Mm -hmm. So I spent a a, a little change (laughs) to buy it to that particular rate because I wanted to save, you know, on my um, monthly mortgage because I plan on having that particular property for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then also... There was some not so great news that came out um, in the last what week? Not even a week. I think it's been like a few days. What? And that's what discrimination. Oh yeah, yeah. I did hear about that. That was our former employer, right? Well, yeah, but, yeah. Your yeah. your former, my former. But I also yeah, worked but, for the other company. Yeah. I bank with them. I got money. I got money with Navy them. Federal, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the largest uh, credit unions in the the world. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these particular lenders came out for discrimination against black individuals, yeah. unfortunately. Um, I'll let you talk on Yeah, on I can Wells. speak on Wells. Yeah, yeah man. Um, you know, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, it is. It is, man. They've been, they've been man, they, they've been, they've in, been the in the news for the last... Consistently for the last, like... Eight to ten years, man. Yeah, it's been pretty years. bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know Since why. I left. Yeah. They yeah. even have a documentary on Netflix. They do. That was crazy. You saw that? Yes, yeah, I did. That was crazy. Yeah, yes, that was I crazy. did. Yeah, and that stuff was real. Like, it I, was. Yeah, because I, I, I was around it. I know you could probably speak there. to that more than me, but for... And that's crazy. So that's where, just, you know, give folks a little background. That's actually where Sophia and I met each other. Yeah. Um, I was a mortgage banker there at uh, Wells Fargo. And at and, the time, I was a personal banker yeah, there. Sophia yeah. was a personal banker. And so... You know, we met there, kind of became good friends. Um, she would refer business to me, people that needed mortgage, that had mortgage needs. Um, and then I know you ended up moving or whatnot, but um, but yeah, Wells Fargo, man. No, was... I left before I. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I went on maternity leave because I was pregnant, and then I ended up leaving Wells Fargo because of the practices. I yeah. I didn't agree with what they were doing, mm-hmm. but I also needed to take advantage of maternity leave. I mean. Who wouldn't want to get paid Understood. and not work, right? Understood. Understood. So I had a conversation with my husband. He was like, well, just stay until, you know, you give birth. And I did exactly that. And then, you know, once maternity leave was over with, I put in my my one-week notice, like, a week before I quit. And then mm-hmm. I went over to our uh, our next topic, Navy yeah. Federal. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Wells Fargo, man, they, um like— because I left right around that time. Like, there was a big news that came out where, you know, they had people opening up accounts in people's names without them knowing, opening credit cards up in people's names without them knowing, because there was a lot of pressure from um, upper management as far as meeting certain quotas. And so, the you know, every day I, I would even be a part of some of these huddles. I think y'all call them huddles. At, you know, I don't know if your, your particular branch did, but I know some of the different branches I was yeah. there. At, they called them. They had a, a morning huddle every morning where they went over the numbers of what they 
open or what they did the day before, and then yeah. they kind of gave them okay, hey, what the goal is today. Yeah. Um, and there were daily, Absolutely. there were daily goals and then weekly goals and even mm-hmm. monthly goals. Monthly as goals. Well, so too. I mean, you, there was a goal for yeah. everything. Yeah. And so what would happen is they were, you know, I know the managers there, at least the people that I was, you know, that I conversed with that I knew, they were getting pressure from their management, you know, to have certain amount of accounts open, and so. You know, they were threatening, you know, the employees, their jobs. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you don't, you know, open X Perform. amount, you know, you know, if you don't open up a certain amount of accounts, then you're going to lose your job. And, you know, a lot of these folks that was working there, as you could speak to this, you know, this was, you know, they needed the job, right? I mean, yeah, this is what they were yeah. paying the bills, mm-hmm. you know, you know, being able to raise their families. Absolutely. With. And so, you know, sometimes you put somebody's, you know, back to the wall like that. You know, and then you see some of the practices that the management was doing as well, because management was involved. You think as it's well. okay? Yeah, you think it's just it's okay. And they were opening, like I saw people opening checking accounts, and they're like, you know, especially preying on older folks who were, you know, who didn't know, who didn't um, need them, you know, who didn't necessarily need them, opening credit cards, and people, because I know I'm, I, there were several times on the mortgage end where I was getting calls. Um, you know, we were just kind of going over because I can look at their mortgage and see things and see kind of like what other accounts they have with us, with mm-hmm. Wells Fargo. And they were like, yeah, I don't, you know, they were saying, hey, they only have this account. And I'm seeing like they have multiple accounts or they have this credit card. And they were like, I, didn't, I don't have this credit yep. card. I'm running their credit, you know, pulling their credit or whatever. And I'm like, hey, you have this credit card or mm-hmm. whatever. And they're just like, they're, they were shocked. Like I'm giving them brand new information. And so, yep. you know, later on we end up finding out that, you know, that that was going on. Yep. I'll let you speak to, you know, that as well. And, you know, a lot of that stuff came to the forefront because what happens is, is there was a time where when you opened up a banking account, it was free. There was no charge to have that bank account. And so over time, banks started to charge you for having a banking account. And there were particular ways that you could waive these particular fees. And those things included like having a direct deposit or having a certain balance in your account. Um, And then there was other things like if you had a mortgage, you automatically get a free um, account and different nuances like that. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen is, is when they were sold these secondary accounts or even a third account Mm -hmm. and they only had one direct deposit from their employer, Mm -hmm. they couldn't fulfill the requirement that would waive the fees on those other accounts. And so those fees every month, I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. it may be only $5, $7, whatever the case is, but if you don't know about it, you go a year and a half of having those fees, what happens? Yeah, and you don't even know what's happening. Like, you don't even know, because you didn't open the account. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you technically didn't know, but like, now they opened it on your behalf. Or you opened it, and you didn't completely understand what What came with it. it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because you can open an account, and because you don't really... Pay anything up front, you may you may put twenty dollars in the account just to open it, right? Yeah. But then the first couple months, you don't see anything. They're taking, you know, there's no fee yet, and then after like two months, you start seeing this fee come, or you don't see this fee coming out, but it is coming out, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that account goes negative, and then they encourage you to do like a with overdraft protection mm-hmm. and then that seven dollars is coming from your checking account where your where your direct deposit is and most people don't check their accounts on a regular. So that yeah. seven dollars that comes out monthly, they're not even really thinking about yeah. where that money's coming from because it's coming out of their active checking that they swiped their debit card. So it was just like this circle of BS yeah. that was happening. Yeah. And they got enough people who complained about it. Yeah. They got enough um fee reversals where it became an issue. Yeah. You know, because $35 
uh, of insufficient fund fee on top of a monthly fee, those fees can add up quick. Yeah. You know, so. And, that, and that's how a lot of times, like, these CEOs and all that, that's how they're getting their bonuses and stuff are based on. Absolutely. You know, people's, you know, miss, you know, shortcomings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, missing, you know, having these late fees and all that. That's, that's really where it comes from. So. There are stuff. banks out there, I, one in particular that I know of, that they will encourage you to set up an overdraft protection type of thing. And every time you overdraft, they charge you a $20 fee, and they'll allow you to overdraft up to $500. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, is just setting up someone for, you know, the BS. Yeah, like you can't... Just, you're just lowering the floor for someone. So you're correct. just basically lowering it to the point where and now so they're going to... They're going to utilize that. Let, let's you know. say there's a person who's very savvy because, you know, there's people out there who are, like, real savvy when it comes <laughs> yeah, to, man. you know, getting something from a situation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So what they'll do is is they'll find two or three lenders who allow this type of banking, right? Mm-hmm. And so they'll go to one, withdraw the $500 that's allowed to go negative, pay that $20 fee, Go and pay off another loan that they that they already withdrew from to replenish that five hundred and just keep going in a circle. It's like robbing Peter to pay Paul all Jeez. the time. Right. And it's is you never get ahead. Yeah. Unless one day you wake up or one year you wake up and you just get an automatic, you know, five hundred dollars from out of nowhere. Yeah. You're always going to remain negative. Yeah. That's crazy. Instead of That's teaching a individuals, life. That's a stressful life, man. It is yeah. instead of teaching individuals how to actively save. Yeah, and budget. Yeah, and budget. Yeah. It, yeah. It, there's there was no aspect of budgeting. There was no aspect of balancing. I remember when I first came into banking, I used to have to sit and balance checkbooks. Like that was a part of my job. Yeah. And then they went away with it. They were like, you know what? Balancing a checkbook takes too long. We'll still do it, but you have to come bring in the the writing on the little check, the ledger, what is it? Yeah, the, like the ledger. Ledger. Of, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then you mail it to back office, and then they do it, and then the person can come in maybe a week or two later <laughs> to get much. the results of, That's you know, where much. they went wrong. And I was like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, why would a person want to wait two weeks or seven days or even one day to figure out where they went wrong, yeah, that's great. In their on their little, um, but that's honestly, book. I think like in the modern day. I mean, I, again, I don't know. My kids are five and three, so you know, my kids are still learning how to, you know, yeah, write, do minor, yeah, yeah, read mm-hmm. and all that. But like in the modern day, like school, like that should be something everybody, everybody is gonna work and make money. Like that's the American way, right? So absolutely, it's like you should. It, it should be a class that's taught, not just like if you have a um, like when you go to college, and let's say you take an accounting class or something like that, you have a specific um, you know, need for it. Yeah, need yeah, for that's going to yeah, be your, yeah, like your major and your major. profession. Exactly. So now we're going to introduce. I, I feel like to in you. middle school, high school, man, that's something that should be taught. Like just like Absolutely. how to like save and how to manage money. I know it the won't significance be, of credit. Yeah, and the significance of credit. I know it won't be because you know they ultimately don't want everyone to be in the know because therefore that then. You know, raises allow. the bar for the poor. Yeah. So basically, we won't have, 
you know, yeah. a lower level income, most people would be making. Yeah, most people would be smarter and know how to do it. Correct. Right? So they're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, have it where everyone has access to that. They're just going to be, it's going to be a situation where it's hopefully you either learn it in school, mm-hmm. like through college, if you have that in your profession, or you have a parent or somebody close to you who loves you and understands it mm-hmm. and they're able to spread that knowledge yeah. to you. But yeah, it's tough, man. But, but, but Wells Fargo, what they're in the news for this time this, you know, we were kind of talking about what they were in the news for, you know, in the years past, ago. Yeah. But this time they were in the news for, um, like, it's more mortgage related, more what we got going yes, on, right? Yes, absolutely. So it was more of dealing with, um, you know, people that look like us, especially, you know, specifically women. Yeah. Um, and as far as, like, getting pricing exceptions and how the cost for their loans were higher than some of their counterparts, um, which is crazy, which is real crazy. I think they were just... For some know. of people from other races. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, and I'm not mistaken, I know I'll let you speak on it, but they were, I don't know if it was like a an investigation that happened, but I think by the CFPB, if I'm not mistaken, and they were able to see that it was a very consistent um, case of the yeah. women, black women yeah. specifically, um, not being able to get you know an exception or being able to get a, a fee waived or a cut cost, uh, which is something that we do all the time as yeah. a mortgage professional. You know, we try to... You know, if there's an opportunity to get in a pricing exception where to, you know, give this person a slightly better rate or yeah. give this person a rate with less cost, you know, we, we submit requests and we request it. And if they accept it, they do. If they don't, they don't. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, so, there was a big disparity, I guess, between that. There was. Yeah. And let's let's go back to the mortgage application. So when you apply for a mortgage, there's something that you fill out called EARLA. That's the Uniform Residential Loan Application, Right. On this application, it's going to have some of your basic information, like your name, your social, your date of birth, where you live, where you lived for the past two years, your employment history. But then there's an, a little area on the application that asks for your demographic information. And a lot of people, well, I ain't going to say a lot of people, but some people don't want to fill that part out. When yeah. it, but it's very important yeah. because on that particular section, it asks you what your sex is, what your race is. And what's the third one? Gender. Gender and gender, right? And what they do is is they record that information and they use that information to gather the amount of approvals, Mm -hmm. the amount of denials that happen, and they use that data to then determine if there's any discrepancy or discrimination that's happening within the lending aspect, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happened was with Wells Fargo they were discriminating against blacks and women in regards to pricing exceptions and the amount of discount points or costs that they were charging these borrowers to get their rates. And so for an example of that would be if you had a white borrower that had a 5.5% interest rate, that white borrower may have paid $5,000 for that particular rate right, as an example. But then the same borrower who is black and more specifically a woman if they had a 5.75% interest rate, they may pay $8,000. But there's no difference in their debt-to-income ratio, their income, their credit scores. It's just simply that particular banker being discriminatory on if they're going to ask for the cost to be lowered for the white person versus the cost to be lowered for the black person. So yeah. un- it's an unfortunate thing, Um I don't think that that's right, you know, especially for it to discrimination is such a touchy topic. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's been going on for so many years. But 
for us to still have that sort of discrimination in 2023, and it's not obviously as blatant as it was before, yeah. now it's going to be in different ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so mortgage, obviously, mm-hmm. is one of the ways that it's happening. It's mm-hmm. happening, well, it, you can qualify, you can get the mortgage that you like, but we're going to charge you more for it. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay more for it. Mm-hmm. And that discourages people from our community for even getting a mortgage, yeah, you does. know, because they think that automatically, oh, I don't qualify because I don't have the money. Correct. And that's not the case. And yeah. that's why it's important for you to do your research and understand who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just recently had a situation where this exact this exact thing just happened. Yeah, yeah, I got. You could, yeah, yeah, you I could got, talk so about a, that. One but of my, one of my buddies, man, I'm not gonna mention his name, but one of my buddies grew up with him, played football with him. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother was trying to purchase a home, um, and so with her purchasing a home, she was also refinancing a home that she already owned here in Virginia Beach, and she was going to use some of the equity with that refinance by doing a cash out to help aid her put money down for the new home that she was purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, my buddy had called me um, and he was like, hey man, he was like feeling a little uneasy about, you know, the situation that like my mom was telling me stuff and, you know, she don't really know what's going on. And, you know, I'm not, he's like, I, you know, I've talked to you. I, I know a little bit because I helped him buy a house, him and his, his family um, about two years ago. And so he was like, man, like, you know, can you just take a look at like, the, the documents and to see if there's anything that jumps out at uh, jumps out at you. I was like, yeah, cool. And so I looked at the documents, man, and I immediately seen like the discount point, the amount that was she was being charged was like it was like twenty grand, and it was like it was like six or seven points or something like that. And that's that's crazy. Like I mean, that's not even something that. I've ever seen before in my never. 15, 16 years in the industry. I've never like, seen a discount point of 6 or 7% with an interest rate of 8.125. Yeah, and the rate was in like addition, yeah. In addition to that, there were underwriting fees. There yeah. were processing fees. There were other fees those, that were being yeah, applied. Now, yeah, now those that, fees, I mean, we, I mean, that's just what the mortgage company charges. But yes, just, but, but, but it, on top of all of that, it just makes it even look crazy. It, you know it, what I mean? If yeah. you're already charging $20,000 for the discount point, you better at least waive the other fees. Like, Correct. You know what I mean? Like, But at nah. the same time... To me, that was a form of predatory lending. I remember getting. I remember when Brian sent me over the loan estimate, and I was like, "This is ridiculous. Yeah. There is no way." She was looking at it. She was like, "Well, if I'm doing a refinance and I'm I owe this amount of money, and I'm taking out X amount of money, why am I only why am I only netting this?" And so I was looking at the closing disclosure, and that was the reason. It was twenty thousand dollars that was being charged as, as a you know as as a discount point, um, discount points plural. And that was why it didn't add up, you know what I mean? And so, Absolutely. you know, she was like, man. And so we, I ended up obviously helping her uh, with the refinance, um, you know, and, and, and it was just one of situations where, like you said, Sophia, I mean, this is a prime example of, She was you know, a woman. A woman, a black woman, and then she was being taken advantage of, Absolutely. you know, because of really just her, her naiveness and not really knowing, Absolutely. you know, what it is or whatnot. So it's crazy. Yeah. And I was, I was surprised that that even made it through pricing because- one thing that I can speak highly of is that with our particular lender that we work for, if the pricing or if the charge is too high to the client, we have something called a pricing desk. Mm-hmm. They reach out to us immediately and mm-hmm. say, hey, this is not passing, um, what is it called, uh, the predatory lending. Look at this. My buddy just sent me this. 
He says, let's talk about this on your podcast. My buddy, I played football <laughs> when in college. And and literally, this is what we're, we're talking about yep. right now. Yeah. Hey, what's, what's up, Ziggy? Zon? We uh <laughs> we talking about it right now, bro. So yeah. if you tuned in, man, you'll uh yeah. you'll see, bro. You'll see, man. Yeah. Appreciate the uh, you know, the info though. But yeah, man. But wait, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't catch y'all. I just thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. nice for people to reach out and access to talk about particular uh p- topics on the podcast. But yeah, that particular situation was just a prime example of, you know, what's going on now in the news, and we see it in the background. And I remember your client saying, like, you think we could sue them, sue them? You know, and it's like, well, we can't give you legal advice, but Mm -hmm. we can tell you that this is not right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have to reach out to, you know, counsel if if it's something that you can move forward to. But having people speak up when it's a situation where they're completely being taken advantage of, like, hey, do it. You know, if, if, if if it makes you, you know, feel better or if you feel like it's the right thing to do, just like in every other situation, if if you out at McDonald's and they get the order wrong, you go speak up. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So if you being charged, you know that amount of money for something that is not going to be charged to the average person that is of you know non-color, then mm-hmm. speak up. Yeah. If you have to speak up. Yeah. And then another lender that's in the news, which is exactly who um, Brian's buddy just reached out about, is um, Navy Federal. Yeah. The Navy Federal is the largest credit union in the world. Yeah. The largest credit union in the world. And they were having discrimination in regards to um, approvals. Yeah. For, it, it basically said um, 48% of black applicants, specifically for conventional loans, were approved for loans compared to, I think, what, 78%, 75, 77% of white applicants for conventional loans. And these particular borrowers had the same um, debt-to-income ratios, the same income and credit scores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Now, I will say I have seen that happen before because, you know, people, um, and I'm not going to speak on, the place, but I've seen where people have judged because of a person's name, you know what I mean? Um, and then they were like, they were, I, how could I say this? It wasn't that they denied them, but they asked the criteria for them to try to qualify was a lot harder, a lot difficult. The underwriter. I've was. seen that before. Yeah. So the underwriter, because of a person's name, they automatically knew that the likelihood because of their name, they, they was probably black. Right. Just yep. being honest. Right. Yeah. And so, because I mean, the, we have distinctive names for, for the most part. I correct. can't say everybody. Not does, everybody, but, but yeah. yeah. But sometimes, you know, you got a uh, Boomquisha. You know, what I mean, right. we, we know who that is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But so, you can also have a James, and you can have 100%. the last name be Johnson, and we know. Correct. <laughs> correct. But specifically, you know, for the, the name, I, I'm just speaking about a situation that I was around and I mm-hmm. saw, you know, firsthand where the underwriter was giving a person a little bit more of a difficult time to qualify and to get the final approval because the person was, you know, black, you Mm -hmm. know, versus, you know, the same exact criteria with another person who wasn't, where you could, or at least you couldn't tell who they are or what they are because of their name. Obviously, they get the ID, you know, and they'll be able to see, we always see, you know, we can see that, but, you know, it was a, it was a, a distinct disparity between how, they were viewed and their file was viewed just because of their name and, and insinuating that they were, you know, knowing that they were, you know, a, a, they were black. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. tough, man. It's crazy. 
It's tough. So, you know, don't let it be you. Um, If something doesn't feel right, make a complaint or... Mm -hmm. You know, reach out to other people for advice. I feel like that was the a great thing to do is to get a second opinion from a different lender to see if you can qualify um, when you're shopping. And if you feel comfortable with your particular lender, of course, move forward. That's great. But yeah. if there's something that makes you feel uneasy, definitely reach out to someone else to get a second opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Especially you a know? lot of people, man, I, you, you, your intuition, man, just like when my buddy, he had reached out yeah. to me like, you kind of know, man. Like and, when you and, know, I mean, you know. Yeah, when you know, you know. I mean, obviously, some people you don't know, but right. you can just tell when someone is doing something that they're trying to get over on you. Mm-hmm. It's just a vibe. You can kind of under, you can kind of feel it. You know what I mean? If you had that yeah. gut feeling about it, you know, question it. You know what I mean? Don't Absolutely. sit on it because you don't necessarily know, you know, what's going on fully or whatever. But question it, and if you don't understand what they're saying or they're not able to explain to you where you know you fully understand exactly why things are being done in a certain manner like Sophia said go go talk to somebody else and that's why it's always good to you know everyone knows everybody everyone knows a person who's you know uh in real estate knows a person that does mortgage knows of like re- lean on somebody who got your best interest at heart Absolutely. That, that's really what it comes down to i mean i know a big thing in our community man which it does frustrate me um where because when someone does buy a home we do see a lot of their information. We see your credit score. We see how much money you make. You know, we, we see, see all you... the we see all the skeletons in the closet, as they say, Absolutely. right? We see everything. We and do. a lot of times, because of that, you know, people in our community they don't want to work with people who look like you or people who know you, right? Who has a, your best interest, your friends, somebody you talk to, somebody you get advice from about everything else, but besides exactly what that person's profession is. And we got to stop that, man. I'm just I'm just being frankly honest about that, man. We just got to stop that because. It's best to deal with somebody who really has your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. It don't matter if that person now knows a little bit more about you than than what they knew beforehand. Like yeah. other people's in other communities, they don't do that. And that's why they're able to grow, you know, quickly and be able to, you know, do certain things is because they're not They lay it out all on the table. Yeah, they're not they're not worried about that stuff, man. That ego and all that stuff, man, has nothing. I mean, we all want to win. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. it's it's, and I can help you, and I and I love you, and think about you, and you know I'm your friend, so I'm gonna make sure that I do the best for you versus somebody else who don't really kill two two beans about you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's just something I know I kind of went on a little rant right there, but that's something that's near and dear to my heart because I see it happen all the time, mm-hmm. man. Where you know I got buddies that will call me and ask for all the advice I do to other mortgage persons work for them, and then they just go do it alone with somebody else because they don't want me to see. You know, what's I had going that on. happen you know to me. I had I had a family member who applied with me. And went with another lender mm-hmm. because they were able to give a thousand dollars more towards their mm-hmm. t- towards their closing costs, and would ask me all the questions. Yeah, yeah, you did all the work. I was like, yeah. well, why you don't reach out to your lender? Yeah. Like, why aren't they readily available for Correct. you? Correct. And you're moving forward with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. but again, you know. People, yeah. Some people are willing yeah. to pay some people, people. values. Yeah, some people yeah. values is not the same, which no. I understand. But I just think that that's something that everyone always wants to know. Like, why why can't we grow further as a community? Why can't we do better? Why is the the income gap so so different between you know black folks and white folks? Like, that's something that we can actually change and do ourselves. That we, we can sure help can. move that needle in our in our favor, and uh, we just choose not to. So, yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Speaking yeah. of, well, Jonathan Major. Oh yeah, yeah, my dude, man, yeah, yeah, that that uh, <laughs> yeah, that situation. I've been seeing that going across uh, social media, even in some of the group chats that I'm in uh, with some folks, man. Um, you know, I don't know if folks know. Most folks probably know, may not know his name, 
Um, but he's he's been a, a prominent actor over the last like four or five years. He was in Creed. Um, you know, he was also in uh, what's that show that was on HBO that everybody loved? I forget the name of it. Um, but he's been in a couple of good movies lately, and he's been like I know he was getting ready to be in Avengers as well. They gave him a role for that, um, and he was in the news for domestic violence. And I think it was a a girl. Okay, I think it was a girl that um you know his girlfriend that he was dealing that he was you know together and he was with or whatever. And um, she was a white woman. You okay. know, he's black. And it was just a situation where she had said, I guess he had hit her and did all these things, and then they're now going to court for it. And we are now seeing the video that came out, and it looks like the total opposite. Like my man was running away from her. Um, he actually called 911 and was, you know, saying, hey, man, I think that she's, you know, she seemed like she was going to try to, you know, commit suicide. Um, she had been seen out in the club that yeah, same night, yeah, partying. Yeah, partying, having a good time. So it was just like, basically, the story that she proclaimed, the the video evidence that came out, it just, it, it was the total opposite of it. And it sucks because, you know, I mean, I don't know what the decision is going to be as far as, you know, him or whatever, but I know during this time frame, you know, he lost a lot of like deals and opportunities because of, you know, the domestic violence case being attached to his name. So I, I'm pretty sure he's going to do a countersuit for defamation, man, because, you know, that's uh, that's very unfortunate. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I know yeah. all the facts are still not out there yet, but just the video alone, man, it, it, I don't know, man. It just looks crazy for yeah. her to say that, you know, scream certain things happen. And my man literally was, you know, running away from her. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy. It's unfortunate. I mean, I feel like in situations like this, it discourages people from actually speaking up when they're abused. Yeah. But at the same time, if she really was not abused, then it takes away from the people who could potentially be in court yeah. really fighting a battle that yeah. they need to fight. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I, you know, my heart goes out to both of them. I don't know. I don't, we don't know yet. I mean, I... More information may come out. Him running away from her is not, you know, looking good for her. Yeah. But um, that doesn't display the entire night either. Correct. You know? Correct. So, correct. Correct. Um, I just hope that whoever lied gets yeah. full punishment. I just noticed I'm looking at the camera. We both got the hoodie strings on. So we matching right here. Got the hoodie strings on. You know what I mean? Except for you got on pink, I got on red. We should be yeah. in opposite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this or ain't peach. pink. This is like, it's like peach. a peachy color. Peach. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Peachy. Yeah, I'm about to say, I ain't wearing pink. Peach. Yeah, and I almost peach. blend in with your skin tone. We do? Okay. Look at the camera. Okay. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. That Hitting is all funny. the notes. Hitting all, all the notes. notes. Yeah. So, what you got coming up? Um, Like I mentioned, got the uh, holiday party tomorrow. Yep. My buddy. So, that's going to be a good time. My son um, got invited to a birthday party. Um, a skating birthday party. So tomorrow we're gonna go to that during the day. Um, oh, he's, nice. very, he's very excited. He's never been skating before. Um, That's so funny because I was thinking about going to skating tomorrow. From the it, there's a eleven to three block, and then there's a three to five block. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. His birthday party is um it's right over right across from my office here in, in Virginia Beach. Oh nice. But, um, I think it's around noon. But yeah, we're we're gonna 
we're going to go. He's been talking about it all week. His buddy Reese that's in this class is uh, – Reese or Reed? I can't remember one of the two. I probably butchered the name. I'm bad. You should have just kept it at his buddy. Yeah, yeah. His buddy, his buddy is uh, <laughs> having a birthday party. And so my son was like, Dad, are you going to help me? Are you going to help me skate? Like, are you going to show me? Like, I don't want to fall. I'm like, son, you're going to have to fall. That's just a part of, of right. learning. But yeah. I'll definitely help you as much as I can, you know, and you'll be able to get it. So, <laughs> so you're going to get out there and skate? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get out there and skate. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we'll see. But that's all I got going, you know, just that and obviously getting uh, prepared for the holidays. I mean, it's, I think the kids got out of school like midweek next week. So yeah. you know, trying to get everything in line and done, you know. What about you? What you got going on? Uh, tomorrow morning I have... Um, Cookies with Santa with two of my kids, so okay. I'll be taking them there. And then um, on tomorrow evening, I have that event that I had um, already pre-scheduled. So, okay. yeah, the weekend's pretty nice, pretty packed. Sweet. I want to go and try—well, I want to try and go to D.C. in the next two or three weeks. I want to go up there and um, take the kids to a couple museums. So, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that, I'll maybe let like you guys know how break, that goes. Like yeah, probably, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, go up there and hit up a few— African American museums. I think they would have enjoyed that. But we definitely appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Hit us up on social media. Mine's is SKB underscore mortgage. Yep, and mine is Brian, B R Y A N underscore Royster. All right, guys. We will see you next week. See you next week.